Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi-de-ho, I'm Uno Clay from Philadelphia, and I support Gen X growing up on Patreon. In a world torn apart by angry pundits and ceaselessly acerbic news, the cheerful tone of Gen X growing up is always a welcome escape, not to mention endlessly entertaining and sometimes even informative. If you want to support the show too, click on genxgrownup.com slash Patreon and toss them a couple bucks. It's the guaranteed way to gain the respect of your peers and immediate promotions at work. Not guaranteed in all 50 states. Some employers may see fit to demote you and your peers will probably find you weird and distasteful. Results may vary. You are warned. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown up? Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners, to episode 108 of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I am John. With me, as always, is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? And, of course, Mo is here. Hey, everybody. In this episode, we check out the popular Netflix series about a high-stakes competition with deadly consequences, <laughs> explore available <laughs> solutions for reliable mass data storage on a budget, and play a game where you must solve a mystery and defeat bad guys in order to escape an infinite time loop. Before we get into those topics and many more, though, it is time for one of our favorite parts of the show right here at the head, and that is fourth listener email. Fourth listener email this time around comes from one of our renewing patrons, Chris, from over on Patreon. Hey, hey Chris. Hey, Chris. Welcome back. That's right. <laughs> Happy to have you. <laughs> the subject of Chris's message, which came via Patreon, was 2600 Port of Galaga. Uh-oh. Ah, talking about the yeah. uh, homebrew version of Galaga we mm-hmm. were talking about on our 40th anniversary, right, of Galaga? Yeah. Yeah. Here's what Chris has to say. The first homebrew cart I bought for my Atari 2600 was the Galaga port. Oh, wow. Mm. And he points out it's called Galagon for release. They changed Ah. it. Yep. That's how they get around the copyright, huh? <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, legally, they couldn't call Not it Galaga. Not completely so. dissimilar to the previous <laughs> name. <laughs> it's like the same font and colors and everything. That's right. Uh, Chris says, it's so awesome. And when people stop by and play it, they all love it. I got it from Atari Age, and it is fully out and for sale. We had ah. said when we were uh, during the show, I didn't know if they ever finished it or anything. Yeah. But yeah, like you can get a cartridge, a box, instructions, or you can just buy the ROM if you want and just play it on emulation. Okay. Wow. Nice. Yeah. After Chris sent me this email, I went and did investigation to find out. So yeah, it's definitely available on Atari Age. Uh, he goes on and says, I also bought the new C64 port, Galencia C64. <laughs> I love these names. George, did you know there was a new Galaga for Commodore 64? I did as soon as I looked in our show notes and clicked the link. That's when I knew <laughs> that there was a new Galaga port on the C64. And I went and looked at it um, for about 20 minutes or so before did we started you? recording. And it's pretty impressive. Really? I'm not going to say it's as impressive as the 2600 Galagon. Mm -hmm. That, to me, is even more impressive. Fair enough. But this is very cool. It looks like they took a few uh, liberties with the original game. It's almost like a bridge between Galaxian and Galaga a little bit. The way that the ships come into the play field Mm -hmm. in one of the scenes on their webpage is more like Galaxian than it is Galaga. And the ship being captured, it's really cool. Mm -hmm. It kind of like, instead of it being the blue tractor beam that we're all used to, it's like this weird little octopus tendril thing that pulls it up. This little DNA spiral dealy comes out of them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So Chris also sent me down the Zim rabbit hole. I watched that video too. I couldn't stop. I had no idea it was out there. And it, it does have a lot of, uh, as you said, creative license. It's not a direct port. They took Galaga that never was on the C64 at all right. and did a bunch of cool mm-hmm. stuff with it. Challenging stage has bosses and asteroid fields and all kinds of mm-hmm. different nutty stuff. Was but, the same people who did that? or? Oh, no. No, not at all. This totally is somebody else C64 that, huh? developer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was dope. Yeah, Chris says, this is great too, and George needs to check them out, which clearly George has Just checked re- them yeah, out. I, so yeah, thanks, Chris. <laughs> I need to spend more money, apparently. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> Chris is an enabler. It's about time it worked the other direction, right? We force so many people to spend money. So <laughs> turnabout is fair play. Thank you so much, Chris. Obviously, both for renewing over on Patreon and for dropping us a line there. If you would like your email featured here on the show, it is easy. Just hit us up at podcast at gentxgrownup.com. We read every single one and most of them, like Chris's, eventually make this show. Okay, with that good business behind us, it is time to jump into the body of the show right after this break. Stick around. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. Lunchtime. Just because you're losing. Oh, I'm starved. Besides, I made lunch. Mm, your tuna salad tastes better than mine. Maybe you don't use my mayonnaise, Hellman's. Why does one tuna salad taste better? It could be the mayonnaise, because Hellman's helps make your salad its best. Fresh, wholesome ingredients go into Hellman's, and no other mayonnaise tastes fresher or creamier. Hellman's can make a difference. Hellman's Real Mayonnaise helps make whatever you make the best. Let's get the ball rolling right at the top, as we love to do, talking about media that we have been checking out between now and the last time we spoke. Of course, it could be movies or television or music or comics or whatever it is. Uh, now, George, I want to know what you have been watching since we last spoke. What's happening? Well, there's no question what I've been watching. Same thing I've been watching for the last two and a half months, Law & Order SVU. <laughs> uh, although Still? this time, it was the season premiere for oh, season 23. Not a repeat, finally. Nice job. Not a repeat, yeah. <laughs> season 23 episode. One, um, because I'd recorded it and held it and hadn't watched it for a little while. So they're finishing up a, a cliffhanger from the previous season where this big political figure is at the top of a child sex ring thing that's going ooh, on where ooh, a little too realistic, huh? Yeah. yeah well, it's law and order. You know how they, <laughs> yeah. you know, they pull they stuff from, from the headlines, headlines like that. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. It was an interesting episode. It was two hours and I still felt like they rushed it. It's really? Yeah. Everything just happened a little too fast with the depth that that storyline could have had. I could have seen that going well into episode five or six even. Oh, really? It was very complicated, but it just got to this point where they said, oh, uh, yes, we've solved everything and this guy's going to jail. I'm like, (laughs) okay. So it was for me, it wasn't a complete letdown, but it. It didn't receive the treatment I felt the storyline deserved from what they had built up last year. Oh, so it sounds like it was lacking, huh? A little bit, yeah. That's the kind of story that some shows would do a whole season on. Yeah, mm-hmm. really. It yeah. could have. Yeah, I could see yeah, that. Yeah, easily you could have done that. Yeah, for sure. It was good. It, it wasn't great. The bad guy went away in the end. That's wonderful. But then, of course, he's also helping the federal government out. So he's kind of going to get away with some shit. You know, I mean, basically what real life is. The rich yeah, people really, yeah. find like, a way out of it. You yeah, know? I can weasel my way out with enough money and enough connections. Yeah. 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 Art imitating life again. Damn it. Yeah. So I'm guessing that they're trying to clear up the slate and the space for stories because it looks like from all the commercials that they're really going to try and interweave Law & Order SVU with Law & Order Organized Crime, which is the one that the guy who used to be on SVU for like 12 seasons and then he went away from the show and then he came back mm-hmm. and now he's got his own show. That's the Stabler <laughs> guy, right? Stabler, yeah. Stabler and Benson, they were partners for 12 years ah. and so they're both the heads of their own shows now. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. They're creating their little CSI cinematic universe just for George. Yeah. <laughs> Cross Crossovers and everything. <laughs> Law and Order's been doing that for a long time, believe it or not. Not just the Law and Order shows, but other shows that Dick Wolf Productions created. Oh, I didn't know that. I was watching one last night from season 16 that was crossed over with a TV show that was based in Chicago. I was <laughs> like, wow, okay. And I don't have that show recorded, so I couldn't see the second part of that two part. <laughs> I wonder, like, if you took all the SVU shows, how many episodes total is that out there? It's got to well, be a huge number, right? I know that <laughs> SVU has an average of 23 episodes per season, wow. and they're now the 23rd season. Well, there's 400 in a show there, so you're figuring. Yeah. And then the 
the original Law and Order was another 16 there's or 17, 18 seasons. Season, was it? Jeez. There's another yep. 400 shows. So there's got to be thousands, thousands of episodes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And the funny thing is, do you know which one of the actors has played the same character more often than any other out of all the Law and Order shows? I don't know. Is it Jerry Orbach? Nope. No? Richard Belzer, Lieutenant Munch. Oh, really? Yeah. Because <laughs> really? he's played on like four of those damn shows as the same oh, character. Yeah. I've seen him oh, around. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I was just watching one of the things I was watching the other day. He had retired from the show the season before. And mm-hmm. like five episodes into the new season, he comes back to help bail out one of the guys who got in trouble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Just really fun stuff. But anyway, yep. Law and Order SVU season 23 is out there. Yeah. Go watch it if you haven't. There's a crap ton of backlog as we've just talked about so it's worth it john i'm just kind of curious though you have a season premiere as well don't you yeah I, I really do i talked last time that i was looking forward to one of my favorite guilty pleasures that have been almost two years since we last had a season <laughs> but survivor started season 41 you think 23 is impressive for law and order Jeez. shouldn't survivor have been the show of covid you would think right like who's gonna survive covid <laughs> who's gonna survive covid <laughs> <laughs> could be a little too morbid for survivor but yeah um, <laughs> well, for the same reasons, obviously, they didn't have the show because, you know, travel mm-hmm. international and all that kind of things. Uh, but yeah, season 41 kicked off. I say it's been 41 seasons, but it's about the same as Law & Order, I guess, because they typically had two seasons per year. They had like right. a spring and a, and a fall or whatever. So it's more like series 41. It, it really is. Yeah. 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 And unlike Law & Order with Survivor, I don't go back and rewatch a season again because once you see who gets voted out, the surprise is over. There's nothing right. new to see. You've seen it all. But uh, there are a couple episodes in now. And so let me first start i know mo you watch survivor george mm-hmm. I don't, you never have do you or at all much i watched the very first season where the naked fat guy won right that, the <laughs> right. guy who got yep. in trouble richard for hatch. taxes richard, later yep. on richard hatch yep. yeah richard hatch the other richard hatch the other yeah. not the <laughs> yeah. battlestar galactica <laughs> richard hatch right <laughs> i watched that one and i really didn't watch any of them after that i and that first season was fun i enjoyed it i don't know yep. why i never went back to it well they keep finding ways to try to iterate on what they do with survivor and with 41, it seems like the theme with 41 is let's see if we can just kill these people. Because <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so they did go with the COVID episodes. <laughs> they kind of, right? Maybe they did. So it, it typically had been you go out and you get uh, a couple of changes of clothes, you get a luxury item, you get a bag of rice, you get some flint, and then you have to survive with just that stuff. Right. And they've been kind of backing that down a little yeah. bit over they time. They stopped with the flint, I remember. Yeah, like you had to earn ago. your flint and that right. kind of thing. This season, I'm enjoying I always enjoy Survivor. One thing they're doing here is they're pulling back the curtain a little bit. They typically would never show you the crew behind the cast, what's going on, people with cameras and all that, unless there was an emergency and just everybody rushed in and you found out there were people. Now, sometimes (laughs) they'll show you a wide shot where you see all the camera rigging and stuff. So you get an appreciation of what's going on behind the scenes, which is neat for me because I like the production aspect. But this season, man, so first they've cut it from 39 days to 26 days. So it's an accelerated show. They're giving you nothing to eat. No rice, no equipment, no gear, no nothing. Like a hatchet is all you have or machete is all you have. So now it's Survivor Naked and Afraid, it sounds like. Damn near. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, damn near. You had to earn your flint to start fire with. And if you do not win a challenge, Jeff Probst takes back your flint. Like you don't get to keep it. Damn. Harsh. (laughs) Yes. And they've added some more. They're always trying to add more twists. They have a thing. If you think you're absolutely have no chance, instead of voting, you can draw a rock out of a bag when you go to vote for like a Hail Mary, maybe like a 17% chance of being immune. But okay, maybe. Uh, And finally, they keep pulling people out of the game, like a couple of different tribes and sending them off. They walk up this hill to do the prisoner's dilemma. You know what that is? The thing where. (laughs) Yeah, I know what I've been told this prisoner's Uh, dilemma. No, 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 not that <laughs> it's the puzzle that is the prisoner's dilemma mm-hmm. where you okay if you two will take a risk you both lose if one of you takes the risk and one of you doesn't then the one who risks wins if you both play it safe you're both okay ah, yeah one right, of those right, things right. where you have to you have to trust the other person trust the guy and then make a decision in isolation to impact one another yeah right yeah it's a good series i'm, I'm not going to go into detail about it because anything you talk about survivor is a spoiler if you talk about this stuff i mean <laughs> they have no amenities this is the most brutal survivor wow i have seen in in seasons. Well, Richard Hatch solved all the clothing problems in season Just don't one. Wear What's anything? the big deal? Yeah, He's got really. it solved, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Maybe they should do that here. There, there are a few people <laughs> I wouldn't mind. There are a few people I'd rather they didn't. So, it's you know, it's a survivor. <laughs> I guess I, I didn't realize, to me, survivor, it felt more like 
a game show than a survival show. It felt like that it was more centered around the challenges, kind of like in a big brother house or something along those lines than it did like naked and afraid where it's all about learning how Mm -hmm. to survive the land or the environment. Is it going now more back to being quote unquote, a survivor trial or I think you're not wrong about your assumptions. It is a lot centered around the games. It's not about, Hey, what, you know, how do you gather rainwater? How do you catch a fish? But it's not so much about the games. Really, Survivor is about the social experiment of how do you convince people to be loyal to one another or how do you convince them to turn on one another. The games are really just an opportunity to win some advantage later. Somebody gets a a prize or award or immunity Mm -hmm. or something, and then you inject that into the social experiment. What I love about it is seeing people backstab or or stay loyal (laughs) to one another or not stay loyal to one another. And I always think, man, this would be a lot of fun. I'd be the first some bitch out of this game. I know I would be. <laughs> yeah, but you'd have fun doing it. <laughs> I would have. I'd have fun doing it. So cool. Yeah. So new season is off and running. Season 41, I said, you know, he keeps saying like, forget about the four. This is a new game. Season one. I'm like, okay, Jeff. Yeah, okay, Cut out the dramatics. <laughs> <laughs> but what about you? What have you been checking out? Unlike you two, I'm watching something that's in season one. Um, <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> actually, it's a Netflix show. I, I watched it a while ago because one thing I have to say I like about Netflix is that they produce shows like all over the world, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. You can watch shows from everywhere. They have some stuff in from Germany or from Korea or whatever. And Korea specifically seems to have a lot of shows that Netflix is producing. Yeah. My wife watches a ton of their like romantic soap yeah. opera type drama shows. Yeah. They love that. Oh, stuff. really? Okay. <laughs> they love that stuff. <laughs> they do. When I say they, I mean, Koreans love that soap opera dramatic do they okay my mom almost she was like all over that stuff but anyway so they had a one on it's called squid game which is actually like a kid's game that you play it's called squid game the reason why it's called that is that the premise is that they take hundreds of these like people who are just like down to their luck cash strapped need money people and they give them this invitation to compete in these like kid games and if you win you could win like literally like millions and millions of dollars Mm -hmm. but if you lose, it's all sudden death. Let's put it that way. Sudden death like you lose right away or sudden death no, like sudden you death die? sudden death like you die. Oh, damn. And so this is in the trailer, so it's not a spoiler, but the first game they play is Red Light, Green Light. You remember as a kid, you know, you turn oh, around, yeah. Red Light, Green oh, Light. Yeah. Sure. Right. And you see this huge, massive 200 people, and they have this giant robot kid that the head turns and says Red Light, Green Light. And you see there's red light and everyone's running up and also it turns around green light and anybody who moved snipers, take them out. Wow. <laughs> snipers, damn. Yeah. So you see people getting just headshots. Boom, 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 boom. And you see people just falling. And then she goes red light. And also everyone's like frozen. They're like, Oh, what the hell? You know? Wow. And that's just the first game. They basically have like six days of these games. And let me tell you, they just ramp it up. Like the games get more dangerous. And some of it's like, okay, you know, you have a choice. You want to be, first person to play this next game without knowing what the game is or you want to be the last person having to make all these like blind choices and stuff I, it's a great show it's dubbed very well for people who don't like subtitles i watched the entire series it's like eight episodes i think and i was just sucked into it and then after i watched i watched it when it first came out and apparently now it's like the number one show in the u.s on netflix yeah it's i know it got really popular as soon as yeah, it came out like suddenly, and i've been meaning to watch it so i'm glad to hear that it's a good show culture you see some cultural differences with how things work but generally speaking, it's definitely a great show. I mean, I just really enjoyed it and I hope they do another season. I'm not sure if it'd be as good, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. So the gimmick sounds interesting. Is there a story that's yeah. followed or is it just who gets to survive? I mean, what's what's going on in the show? They focus on two people, basically their experience. Okay. And you see that these guys are definitely down to luck. You definitely get to know the people and there's a lot of story behind it. Like one person, like everyone thought he was super successful. It turns out it was all like fake and he's there because he needs the money to like pay back everybody but he's lone, you know, and so there's a whole bunch of character stories in it. Hmm. And okay. you definitely see people having to make these moral choices that good or bad, you know, it's all that kind of forcing people to make these life and death decisions, whether right. they like it or not. I thought it was a lot better than escape room. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely worth watching. All right. Squid game on Squid Netflix. Game on Netflix. All right. We'll be right back. Stick around. You've got questions. We've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. 
Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show too. It helps more than you know. It was love at first sight. I had to have these silky pajamas, but I was afraid washing would ruin them. Then the sales lady told me when the label says gentle cycle, trust Woolite. Just a little Woolite in the gentle cycle pampers fine washables like my silky pajamas and satin robe. Everything stays soft, fresh. Oh, and I feel beautiful. When the label says gentle cycle, trust Woolite. Let's jump into tech and toys where we can find out what we've been spending all our hard-earned cash on, good and bad. I'm going to kick us off today because I signed up for a loot crate, which I kind of was off loot crates for a while. Yeah, I've been off them for a long time. That's a good call. Get off those things. Yeah, because they were just getting very <laughs> samey or just not, I feel mm-hmm. like I wasn't getting my money's worth out of them. Yep. The problem is that loot crate had a sci-fi crate that had Blade Runner. So I had to get mm. it. Sucker. Yeah, I totally was. And then I forgot to cancel. So I got the next one. <laughs> Double sucker. Yeah. But the next one, I'm actually happy I got the next one. Um, the next one was a Battlestar Galactica classic. Oh, loot crate. Oh, classic one. Classic. Oh, and Larson. Got wow. George's attention. Yeah. What I got out of it was a long sleeve t-shirt with the oh. old Cylons on the chest, which was cool. Nice. Uh, a baseball hat with the Cylon eye on it. Oh, cool. Just as a patch. Mm-hmm. A model of one of the Vipers. Nice. And a pin and a couple. So I was like, man, this is a pretty good crate. I'm going to keep this one. (laughs) So I was actually kind of surprised and really wanted to ask if you guys like, it sounds like you guys are both kind of off the loot crate train right now. Yeah, I mean... Yes, but <laughs> not off of mystery crates because I'm still getting those Marvel Funko. Yeah, I got off of most of the loot crates. I was a big fan of Geek Fuel for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And I just recently backed that down to the t-shirt only because the contents of the boxes were, I can tell you the last time I saw a long sleeve t-shirt or a ball cap, let mm-hmm. alone both in a Geek Fuel box. Right. Although their t-shirts are okay. So I kept those, but okay. yeah, I've gotten off the boxes. So what what are what are they going for these days? What's a, what's a loot crate like this cost? I think it's like 30 32, somewhere no, in there. Sir. What is it? It is $49.99. I am looking at the web link that you gave us. I think I got a deal, so I probably got a little cheaper, but still, yeah, they're not cheap. Yeah, $49.99 for one box, or if you buy four boxes, because the box that you linked us to, Mo, it's uh, once every three months, not every month. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, if you buy the four the whole year, then they're $44.99, so $5 per then. box <laughs> off or something. Yeah. Well, that's why they have a little better contents in them, so you're paying yeah. a little more for them so they can put some more investment. And they're spaced out a little bit more, I guess. Well, I think I'd rather do that. I'd rather pay a little more to get some really meaningful stuff than pay 25 bucks and get, you know, some tchotchkes that I don't want. Have the shit you throw out. This was a crate that I'm like, I'm keeping all of this. You know, I mean, yeah. that was the first time in a while that I've seen something like that. So I was pretty happy with it, even though it is 40 something bucks. But yeah. it was definitely, I think it's worth it. I went and took a look back at the website because I haven't looked at it for years because it looked yeah. like they were going out of business. Yeah, Remember, really? John? They, yeah, it did. It yeah. Yeah, doing yeah. those <laughs> delays and fewer items in the boxes and shit. And the stuff got cheaper too. Yeah. If you yeah. remember back then, John, I was on the Firefly one. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. So they got to a point where they just, stops in them they still have the firefly ones on the website and there is content on there that i've never seen t-shirts and figures and stuff so i don't know if they restarted the firefly ones or not they oh, must maybe have. They and have. i've missed out on a whole bunch of stuff but it's possible you probably did yourself a favor by not going to that website for a while i might have yeah. <laughs> and i'm just kind of curious like there used to be a way to go back and buy old crates. items that they didn't yeah. send out in boxes or something i don't they have a build a crate option, which they didn't used to have. So okay. it looks interesting. I would now. just go to eBay. That's that's my go-to. That's, yeah. I, I figure I can go buy something from a scalper on eBay and still save money over buying the box full of junk I didn't want. That's yeah. my that's my thinking. Yeah, that's true. It's weird because the build a crates, they start at $24.99 and you get to pick five items in a particular area. And then they have other ones that go up to $50 where you get to put 10 items in the box. Jeez. Man. So that's kind of interesting, but that's it changed. does take away from the mystery a little bit because yeah. that's the whole point of right. uh, loot crater and like you get surprised like oh that's surprise. this is cool yeah yeah so anyway okay yeah so john what do you got for us this week it might seem like not a big deal another set of bluetooth wireless 
earbuds. Oh, different from the ones you got with your phone? Yeah. So it's satisfying a different need. So for me, I have really nice like Samsung Galaxy Buds, mm-hmm. the things that cost like 100 and, I don't know, 160 bucks or whatever they cost. I'm the kind of person that likes to listen to things when I'm going to sleep. When I go to bed, I usually have earphones in. So when I'm, I have to use earbuds because I don't want to disturb my wife because she does not want to hear my garbage I'm listening to <laughs> when I'm trying to get to sleep. I might listen to a YouTube video or I might listen to an you know, old 40s radio show or whatever it is I might listen to. So what happens, and I've dealt with for years and years and years, is that you put in some some wired earbuds that you can lay down in, but then you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like being strangled by this ear, <laughs> yeah, earphone snake that works because out. you've rolled over three times and they're tangled <laughs> around you tied up in knots and whatever. And so I never want to use wireless earbuds because they're expensive and I don't want to lose them and, or you know. break them or something. So I'm like, let's see if there is a, a wireless solution. And of course, there are hundreds of wireless solutions. Oh, yeah. But I was looking for something specifically that satisfied that I could sleep with them in. So I found some wireless earbuds that are made by a company called Apex, but it's Apex with an extra K in it. It's A-P-E-K-X. Maybe they added that just to be, again, okay. legally discernible from some other Apex. But... There's some wireless earbuds. A couple things I wanted about them. First, I didn't want the ones that just jam in your ear because those are going to fall out when you're in bed. These have this loop that go around the back of your ear, mm-hmm. like hold them in place. Oh, like, right. Oh, yeah. sure. The other thing is they're bright neon green. So when I wake up in the middle <laughs> of the night and I can't find my earbuds, they're bright. It's just in a dim light I can find it and lose them. And I wanted something that didn't have that fancy touch technology. Like I want to reach over and lean on my arm and mute and pause stuff, right? So, oh, okay. so I was specifically looking for something cheap, but but decent. And so I found these Apex Bluetooth earbuds and they're actually only 39 bucks. Okay. Now I remember when wireless earbuds, the best you could, oh, the best you could do for crappy ones was $70, $80. And so right. I took a shot on these and these could be daily earbuds if you wanted to. In fact, I bought them because of that loop ear thing. They come right. with adapters that change it to just the stick in your ear version. If you want that. Yeah, they're not amazing bass. Yeah, they're not the no, highest I mean, fidelity. And, and like, the, like I said, the buttons, it's not that nice touch screen, the touch whatever, you know, touch, on the outside. There's yeah. a physical button you've got to push to mute and things like that. But it was a really economical, purely wireless Bluetooth earbud from this company called Apex. I was expecting garbage that I could easily lose between the, the mattress and the box springs and I wouldn't worry about it. But it turned out what I ended up getting was an earbud that I wouldn't be afraid to just actually use regularly. I might pick up another set of these. I, I have a question. Lay it on me. Because that was an awesome description of the earbuds and all the stuff that you found about them and everything. I just want to know one thing. Yep. How the hell do you lose earbuds between a mattress and a box? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that's possible. And I'm deadly curious to find out. That's a great question. That was just kind of hypothetical. I was thinking okay. of two things I might lose my earbud between. Because I'm like, apparently I've been sleeping <laughs> completely wrong my whole life. I don't think it's you, George. <laughs> well, I guess my point is if it falls off, it's going to go somewhere. That's the place you got to start digging around by the headboard and around between the mattress. I can imagine it sliding down there. Maybe it's not between those two parts of the bed, but certainly lost amongst the components of my bed. Yeah, fair point. <laughs> is it a uh, decent battery life, all that stuff so far? Yeah, it's suppo- I'm looking for long battery life. These are supposed to have like six or seven hour battery life. Okay. Uh, honestly, I put them in when I go to sleep and when I wake up in the morning, they're, they've fallen out. They're laying on my pillow <laughs> or next to me, but I put them in and they're still on. <laughs> between the mattress and the box spring up here. <laughs> they're between yeah. the two, right. <laughs> he has to flip but the they're mattress. still on and working and they have okay. the box. You throw them in the box and recharge them. The same kind of deal. Oh, okay. So you yeah. said you got them though because that little loop thing, you wanted it to keep on your ear, but now mm, you're right. saying they fall off. So it doesn't sound like they're doing a good job of that part of what you wanted. Well, they fall off when, when I fall asleep and roll around a few times. But as I'm laying in bed and laying on my side and listening and actually actively using them, they're not falling out of my ears there. Okay. They don't stay in all night long. Like I'm not gluing them in. What used to actually, I have to do cable management to roll over in bed to keep listening. Now I can just keep <laughs> them in my ears. So. He wakes up, he's like choking. <laughs> that has happened more than once. That would be a really embarrassing way to die. <laughs> Damn, box springs got a hold of my cable. Yeah. <laughs> they need suit. They have to put warning labels on these now. Right. Wire, do not sleep with these on. <laughs> that, that's why warning labels exist for idiots like me. That's exactly right. Mo, I'll give you a link to throw down in the okay, show notes. Cool. These are on sale. They're usually like 50-something. They're marked down like 39. Yeah. Uh, they're decent. You might want to use them as regular ones if you're looking for cheap ones, but that's why I picked them up. All right, cool. George, what about you? What are you looking at in the world of tech? Well, I am, I'm looking for some help, both from you two gentlemen and possibly our listening audience out there. I need to 
upgrade my storage capabilities here at home. So okay. right now, uh, all three of us have a Plex media server. And one thing that you got to have when you have a Plex media server is storage to store all your movies or TV shows or music or whatever it is that you're looking to use Plex media to distribute. Yep. Mm-hmm. Currently, what I have been doing for my storage needs are buying these little single USB external uh, hard drives, four terabyte. Mm -hmm. I've been mostly on the Seagate brand because they seem to have lasted the best for me. Uh, Recently, though, a couple of weeks, I started having some weird little blips where the uh, hard drive, one of the hard drives on my Plex server, it just stopped working. The Windows system said, your USB device is no longer functioning, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, shit. (laughs) Turned out that it was really the uh, USB little extender that I had it plugged into that was having more of the problem and the Ah, fact that I had all these hard drives just kind of stacked on top of each other, so they were getting a little overheated. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that sent me down the road of saying, you know, this is not really a reliable or redundant system mm-hmm. for all of that data. I and mean, it's not just TV shows and movies that I have. I have like our family personal files on here, pictures and tax forms and whatnot. Right. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that if I lost it, you know, it'd be pretty irritating. So I decided to go try and figure out the world of a NAS device, mm-hmm. so sure. network attached storage. They have come into the home systems now. They're moderately affordable. I'm not going to say they're extremely affordable because they're definitely not extremely affordable. John, you have one. And so I went to you first. Then I also talked to my uh, my supervisor at work because he is a storage expert. I'm just kind of looking for help because I want something that is reliable and flexible, but I also have to balance against cost. And that's, right, that's really yeah. the wall that I'm running into. Can I go spend $2,000 today to buy a new NAS Ooh. device? Yeah, I can do that. But I, I want to be a little to. bit more sensible <laughs> about it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I would give you advice, George, but pretty much everything I bought was based on John's recommendation. <laughs> so, so your advice is buy whatever John says. <laughs> so okay. I would say, let's turn this right over to John, hear his advice. And I just yeah. pass on what he tells me to other people. So let's get it right straight, straight from the and source. And will nod and say, mm-hmm, yeah. Yep, yeah. Mm-hmm, <laughs> yep, yep, uh-huh, mm-hmm. Well, and he'll tell you whether or not my advice worked, right? So he'll That's say- That's true. I will confirm what he says. And what John said was, that was garbage. Don't do this part, right? But right. You know, for sure, yeah. So, you know, you said I have a NAS. I now have five NAS devices in my house. Jesus it keeps Christ. growing. Yeah. So why have five as opposed to one large one? Because maybe you should explain to the audience really what a NAS is, just in case... And NAS is, as you said, network attached storage. The whole concept is rather than have stuff on your hard drive, you put stuff on some common storage device that multiple people and devices can access simultaneously. It's network attached storage, storage mm-hmm. that's on your network rather than inside of your device. Mm-hmm. And more to your point, George, it's about redundancy and reliability. So now you can do the, uh, I learned the JBOD method of uh, storage, which is the just a bunch of drives, which is the right. solution that you're using. <laughs> <laughs> but RAID, in fact, is what you're going to want in a yeah. reliable NAS. If you're going to do it at all, you mm-hmm. need to go with RAID. Because otherwise, all you're doing is taking the same risk and putting it in a different box. You have right. to go with the redundancy of, a, of an array of drives. Right. And RAID is, simply put, it's a way to have one device that keeps extra copies of the same mm-hmm. data in yep. case a drive fails, those extra copies become the live version. And it's right. basically instantaneous. So if a drive fails, instantly everything else pops back up. Mm-hmm. What I want, like you're saying, is I want that device that's intelligent in mm-hmm. case something goes wrong. Right? Yeah, you do. So the other thing I want to say about RAID, especially RAID 5, which I think is what we use now for most of our stuff, right, John, if I'm not mistaken. Some 5 and some 10, but yeah. There's some 10. Is that also not only... Is it seamless if a drive goes bad that your data mm-hmm. is not lost, but you can replace that bad drive with a new drive and it'll fly put everything back, you know, mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. back to redundancy again, you know. So yeah. there's a lot of safety levels that you get from having this. What I'm finding, John, is the company that most people seem to gravitate towards right now is Synology. Synology, yeah. Is that what you find? or uh, Certainly. That is really high on the list, yeah. First, let me ask your previous question. You asked, well, this could be a whole show, try to keep this brief. Right. <laughs> the reason I have so many is because when one fills up and I want to go larger, so let's say I have six terabytes on this NAS. If I want to expand that to 10 terabytes, I buy the drives to make it a 10 terabyte and throw away all those drives that gave me the six terabytes. 
So rather than getting a little more storage, I just get another NAS, fill it with drives, and now I have all the drives I buy is completely new storage, is fresh storage, rather than half filled up again. An intelligent person that had unlimited resources would just buy, like you said, a bigger set of drives, right. but now all your old drives are all deprecated and gone. Yeah, because these devices, I've seen ones as small as two slots, so two hard mm-hmm. drives in mm-hmm. them. Yeah. All the way up to ones that have like 10 drive bays in them. So technically, I first went the route of a NAS, just like you're saying, which is the obvious choice. And a NAS is a box that the computer in and of itself has the drives and all of the logic to deal with the redundancy, the failover, all of that. That is the most secure and maybe easiest to manage, but it can be expensive because you have to buy the enclosure, which is not just a box. Mm -hmm. It's a computer in and of itself with its own logic. You log into it via the web. Yeah, it can even run applications like Plex Server. I've it absolutely can, right? Yeah. If it has the bandwidth, it can. Like, there's limit, some limitations what it can do, but you could run a SQL server on it. You could run all kinds of stuff, sure. And that's really great. For a entry level, though, if you don't need as much maintenance, what I have done to expand my system is not buy more NAS enclosures. I lied that I have five. I have two NAS enclosures. Beyond that, I have hard drive RAID enclosures that are shared storage, by which I mean, uh, I've purchased these little boxes, and we've talked about them on the show mm-hmm. before. There's a company I like called Mediasonic. Yeah. And they sell boxes that are RAID logic in the box. So it has maybe three or four slots in it. You throw some drives in it. You tell it via buttons on the front. There's nothing to log into. There's no software for it. Hey, this is a RAID 5. This is a RAID 10. It creates the array. Then you plug that via one USB 3 into a computer and share that out on your network. So the benefit you get there is not all the management. You couldn't run a Plex server on this RAID box or anything. But it's the first step toward what you need, which is dependability of this data and lots of storage because the RAID array has the failover. If a drive dies, a light starts blinking and there's a noise, you can pull one, put a new one in, it rebuilds, but without having to buy the expensive box with all the logic. That sounds like a good compromise or starting off place, like you're saying Mm -hmm. for me, because I have this super new computer that we've talked about. That was the other big expense this year. Mm-hmm. But I wonder, will it accept these external USBs drives that I have now? Or these are the regular three and a half or two and a half drives that, you know, aren't in a nice case and stuff? What does what it accept? They're typically three and a half inch drives you're going to want to put in it. Mm-hmm. The okay. drives that are in those externals, you can crack the case and put it in there. I wouldn't recommend starting there because you can't just put those drives in without backing up a data anyway, because to build the RAID, it's going to have to destroy all the data on the drive. Mm-hmm. Right. So the cost really is in the enclosure, which you can get away for under 200 bucks, probably the 150 to 175 range. For how many slots? That could be up to like four slots. Okay. All right. And then it's how much do you want to spend? How much storage do you want? That's the question that you, you run into. That does give me another option then, and I appreciate it because the Synology device that I was looking at is the 920 plus, which is a four drive bay mm-hmm. device. And yep. it's $550 just for the enclosure. Ooh, I know that's hot. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But you know, it's Synology. It's got all this great technology built in all this stuff. Like later on, if you wanted to, like I could put a Synology device over there at John's house and back up this device across the wire to oh, John's sure. house that's in right. case of a yep. disaster. Kind it of has thing. lots of logic, lots of software yeah. in it. Right. And that's a great step that I think you could move on to. If I had to go back and redo it, what I did building a NAS, the enclosure cost me $900. Mm-hmm. Before drives. Yeah. The Thecus, in fact, that I recommended to you, Mo, you got the that same I bought, one. Yes. I think by the time you bought it, it was down like 650 maybe, but still yeah, not but still, jump not change. Cheap. Yeah. And in those, I actually run RAID 10. I have redundancy and speed because the other thing RAID can afford you is faster access. Mm-hmm. So I have two copies with two shadow copies for redundancy and striping with a fifth for a backup. Tons of security, tons of safety. In the long run, the only thing I've really utilized in it is if a drive fails, it may, it beeps at me, I take it out and throw a new one in. You can do that with one of these enclosures that just yeah. connects up via USB. And then when you put that into one computer, you share that out on your network, You know, plug it into your Plex server is basically what you do. Right. That's what I do. Yeah, that's what I do. Because that's where I'm at right now. Yep, there you go. And now it's available to everybody. Yeah. Actually, it's funny, George, you brought this up because uh, my girlfriend actually had the same problem, but she has all these old pictures. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. that were on these USB sticks and all these old drives everywhere. And she was sure. asking, like, I want someplace to store because I'm afraid they're going to get destroyed. I'm like, well, yeah, you should be worried about that. <laughs> Absolutely. And actually, yeah. what I recommend to her was a Mediasonic, just a two bay and mm-hmm. two two terabyte drives for pictures and stuff. That's plenty, I think. Get it cheap. Yeah. And you're talking like probably under 350 for all of that. Well, actually, all that yeah. was with the drives was less than 200. Now, George is going to need more storage than that for sure. Yeah, he will. But it's he a good will. starting place. Anybody out there who's listening, I would greatly appreciate any more expert advice. John and Mo have given me some mm-hmm. great things to think about, but we're not the only three who know this stuff. So, oh, yeah. 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 And I only know what I know. There's plenty of stuff I'd never heard of, right. probably, that someone could write <laughs> in and go, forget the NAS and the attached drives. What about this thing? And then yeah. right. we will all jump ship and do that, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to say, though, John, I mean, I'm with you too on the same thing. If going to the Wayback Machine and had to redo it, mm-hmm. I probably would stick with more of these smaller two bays yep. or four bays sure. things because great huge NAS thing I got, you know, you could do FTP on it. You could do all these great, wonderful things. It's just drives for me. Yeah, that's what I ended up using it for. (laughs) Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because... The news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at GenXGrownUp.com. Welcome to Bird's Eye Village. Hi, I'm Clarence Bird's Eye. Our town's full of great cooks. Mr. Bird's Eye. Meet the youngest. My first meal. But what vegetable? Give it a blue ribbon combination. Interesting. Corn, green beans, and pasta curls. You'll be proud when Dad tastes it. Penny, you've been practicing. (laughs) Bird's Eye, blue ribbon combinations. For tastes you'll be proud of, come to Bird's Eye. This is the main event of the podcast for the three in attendance locally and the millions listening around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! Three rounds in the GXG Gaming Division. And fighting out of the red corner is GXG CEO John. <laughs> What are you playing this week, sir? Oh, yeah, this week and last week and probably over the next few weeks, I will be playing this game. So (laughs) I think maybe last time I talked about I was looking forward to playing more of Deathloop. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. Ah, which is this uh, shorthand for this game. It's a modern first person shooter that if you mushed up Dishonored and Loki, the TV series and Bioshock and just mushed them up, (laughs) you would get this uh, this game. It's a really attractive first person shooter. It's got all the things you want. You got hand-to-hand combat and melee and shooting guys and sniping all these weapons. The cool thing about it, as with most games for us, is the story. And the whole concept of Deathloop is that you wake up on this beach, on this island, and you quickly learn that this island is reliving the same day over and over due to this giant time loop generator thing that's running on the island. At the end of the day, you fall asleep, and when you wake up, it's the same day. You wake up on the beach. Or... If you get killed, you don't die. You mm-hmm. reset to the beginning of the day and you wow. go back to the beginning of the day. Real Groundhog Day kind of thing, huh? I was going to say, very, it's got yes, Groundhog Very yeah. Groundhog yeah. <laughs> So the cool thing is that you're trying to stop this loop from occurring. You're trying to escape the island. Everybody on the island is living. A, they're like, we got one day to live. It's a party every day. They're really happy about it. They don't seem to mind that they're living this same day over and over and over. <laughs> you wake up knowing you want out of it. And you quickly learn that there are these eight people, these bosses, called visionaries. And if you can kill all of them, then the time loop, you'll be able to stop it. But the trick is you have to kill them all during the course of just one day. (laughs) You might kill one or two or three or seven of them, but if you die or get to the end of the day and don't finish, it all resets. Too bad. Wow. Reset. They're all alive again. 
Now, it might sound like you're repeating things over and over and that would get boring. That's not what's happening here. This is a thinker of a game. You have four regions of the game to go to and four times of day that you can go there. So maybe I need to go to this place during the afternoon when the door's unlocked. Or maybe I need to come to this place during the morning when this guy is, is home versus when he's not home. Toward the beginning, you stopped by your uh, your apartment and someone had robbed you. And we're like, well, crap. Well, I'll come back tomorrow during the morning before they rob me so I can beat them to the punch. <laughs> it's a lot of mind fuckery where you're like, well, what's going on in this world? And there are consequences, but ultimately you get to restart at the beginning of the, of the day and start again. Rather than a full reset, the nice thing is as you get upgrades and as you get powers, a la Bioshock, you know, the ability to be invisible, the ability to, you know, teleport or whatever. There's this thing called residium that's kind of <laughs> infused in things all over the world. And you get the ability is to like unobtainium or it, yeah, like <laughs> unobtainium. It's this chemical you can use to infuse weapons and trinkets and things that you gather so they will survive to the next day with you. So if you get a favorite gun, you can pay to basically keep it no matter how many times you reset. Or you get a favorite uh-huh. power, you pay to keep it with this residium that you gather. You know, we've talked about games where sometimes just cause or far cry. I just want to run around and shoot people. Right. This is not that game. While it has a great shooting mechanic and fighting and all that, you can't play this with just half your brain. You have to concentrate. There's a puzzle. There's lore to understand. You've got to learn the behaviors of these eight visionaries when they go and do things. What's their itinerary for the day to know when to catch up with them? You have to think about it. And this is a game that has kept me thinking about the game when I'm not playing it. And I'm eager to jump back in because, oh, what if I did this at the evening versus the morning? Everything can change based on how you approach it. I mean, it sounds super cool. And so, but my question is with all the times a day and redoing all this stuff, how do you keep track of all that? It sounds like I would lose track of everything because it seems like a lot to keep in your head. It is a complex, dense game. You can't just run in and, oh, I haven't played this in a week. I'll just jump in. You'll forget a lot of stuff. (laughs) You have to be willing to read. It's not just a run and gun shooter. It is a thinking shooter. There are puzzles based on how people interact, what they do in that time of day. It is complex. You're not wrong. Okay. If you like that kind of deep story puzzle, like I think of George's Mass Effect, right? So the lore of Mass Effect was a big part of that game. There was shooting and there were spaceships, but there was the story of that game. Bio Shock, another one, not as complex as Deathloop, but it had story and lore. You could run through Bioshock just shooting and not learn about the cool stuff, but you're missing out on half the experience. With Deathloop, you get a collectible, you need to read it. Think about it and oh, understand okay. it because otherwise you're never going to make it through. Do you actually take notes where you're playing this game? Well, the game does a good job of keeping notes for you. Oh, okay, so okay. you can go back and just read. It keeps track of every collectible you've picked up and everything you've listened to. So you can, you can review and get that kind of stuff. So I think for some people, it might be too high of a barrier, they might get in it and be overwhelmed if they were expecting just a run and gun shooter. So I know at this point now, Mo and George, you've seen it. What do you think? Is this something that is you're willing to try? Is the complexity too high or do you like the uh, the extra layers? I'm willing to try it, but probably about a year and a half from now when I finish some of the other games that I'm playing. (laughs) (laughs) And when it comes down off of its, I'm a brand new, super hot game price. Yeah, the $60 barrier. What about you, Mo? Oh, I'm definitely going to try it. There's no doubt. Yep. I'm tempted to buy it now, but I know the second I do, like a week from now, it'll be $10 cheaper. Mm-hmm. So I think the first time it goes on sale, I'm going to buy it. I think so. I look at it like this now. If it's not something I'm going to play this instant, I start waiting for a summer sale or winter sale, whichever one of those is coming yeah. around. Or Good call. Yep. I start putting some notes in to see if it's going to be on Humble Bundle anytime soon or something like that. But it sounds like a damn cool game, though. So it it's does. Like, it's, it's killing me not to buy it, but, you know, I'm trying to be good. <laughs> It's not just me that likes it. It's gotten 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10 all over the place. So pleasantly surprised with it. And it's got me thinking when I'm not playing it. Cool. George, what about you? What have you been playing? I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I've seen Mo's item for the list. And I really want to get into learning about what Mo wants to talk about, which (laughs) I know is something I usually don't say. But (laughs) (laughs) ever. (laughs) I've been playing a game that's been around for quite a long time. Six years, as a matter of fact. 2015, a game called Cities. Skylines came out. Oh, yeah. Hmm. So this is a modern version of SimCity. That's the best way I can think okay. to describe it. All right. You remember we had SimCity, SimCity 2000, Sim Tower, Sim Ant, Sim Farm, Maxis, or whatever that company was just went nuts with those things. 
this game city skylines came out in 2015 and it is far more complex than anything sim city ever did that i ever played back in the day it is gorgeous as far as the graphics and the scenery and the people driving around and everything that you can imagine is very complex it's very difficult to understand so there are youtube channels dedicated to this game ah, that right. i watch their tutorial for beginners who just want to learn tutorial for beginners who are serious tutorial for beginners who are dummies <laughs> whatever videos i can find and i'm like i just follow along and build my first cities to the tutorials that they provide online so i can learn the mechanics of it i am going to warn people this is a six-year-old game that's still rather pricey and i'm going to give you really? some prices out here so you can understand why so there is city skylines on steam right now is 30 dollars straight up for price. a six-year-old wow. game that's a lot for a six-year-old game city skylines deluxe edition is 39.99 then there's a city skylines new player bundle that you can buy which is $38. You get a little bit of a discount there. <laughs> then there is the uh, City Skylines collection. This seems to be every piece of DLC to this point. Must be a lot of DLC. $193. Holy wow. moly. Whoa. With a 9% discount. <laughs> You're going to be serious about that game. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's 200. Oh, boy. Yeah. So uh, I think if it's the only game you play, if you're obsessed with it, mm -hmm. I get why maybe you might want to do that, but... It's pricey. If you enjoy city sim games like Sim City or any of the other things that have been out there for the year, mm -hmm. the $30 price is fairly reasonable for it. Although I would suggest waiting until summer or winter sale yeah. if you don't have to play it right today, because mm -hmm. I'm sure it would come in at 50% off or so. Yeah, easily, easily. Think about a price like that at this point in its life tells me that it must be a good game to have been right. lived this long at that price point and not had to drop. So there must be something good there. Yeah, they have a hundred. 27,000 reviews on Steam and oh it's goodness. rated as very positive. Wow. That's that's that's, yeah, that's, that's that's the second highest you can be. Like I think yeah. overwhelmingly is, is the only thing above that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's a good city builder simulation management game. It's gorgeous. There's plenty of screenshots on the Steam webpage if you go look at it. And mm -hmm. those are in-game screenshots. They're not, you know, artist right. renderings right. that you never get to play or see. And I think for me, the one that is the most impressive is when you look at your city at night, if you have a bunch of skyscrapers and stuff in your city that have been built, mm -hmm. it looks like a gorgeous New York oh, wow. or like a skyline, or country skyline kind of thing. And that's why it's called Skylines, because it's giving you that visual and that feel of a big giant cityscape instead of just your you know, your local mom and pop Tallahassee kind of city. Right. <laughs> Before we get away from city skylines, I've got to know, what's the name of your city? Oh. Packletville. Packletville. Of course it is. Why wouldn't it? Of course it is. <laughs> it was that or Georgetown. One or the other. <laughs> That's been taken. That's already taken. Okay. Right. Nice. <laughs> All right. But like I said, I didn't want to spend a lot of time on this game. I really want to get into what Mo has on the list for the game segment this week. So Mo, kick us off. Okay. So um, last time I talked about my Oculus, I got the, uh, you know, the VR gear. And sure. the reason why I got this particular one is that not only is it standalone, but you could plug it into your computer and play Steam games. Now, which is mm -hmm. which version is this of the Oculus again? Quest 2. Quest 2. Quest okay. 2. So a couple things I found out. One, you don't need a cable to play on your computer anymore. Oh, the yes. tether? You don't have to be tethered with a wire? You don't need to be tethered. They got rid of that. Uh, that seems dangerous. <laughs> I mean, it probably is. <laughs> But hey, well, no, I mean, because no risk no not reward. just, you know, <laughs> crashing into stuff and making funnier YouTube videos, but the lag I would expect, because that seems like a lot of bandwidth. I tried it. It works really well. Really? Yeah, I tried it. Hmm. So because remember, the, the screen is not super high resolution like your desktop is. They did down the resolution in the, in the Oculus, although it's it's good. I'm not even sure what the resolution is, to be honest. Huh. OK. So I was trying to play. So I have this couple games already that I previously purchased that actually have VR support. So I was like, awesome. Right. No, no extra money. And when I first tried it, it was kind of weird because basically I was in my VR gear and I was looking at like a flat screen. I'm like, OK, this is pointless. I was like, this is a waste of money because this is no different. Then I found out that basically I was missing a step. So in Steam for free, they have a thing called Steam VR that you have to run first. And what that is, it's kind of like a virtual desktop in your 3D world that you launch the games from there 
and you get the VR, the true VR versions of it. Oh, okay. So it's not just duplicating your monitor. It's actually running a new environment. It's, it's true 3D, huh. yeah. Okay. Like I had a game called Universe Sandbox. Oh, yeah. You talked about that on the show. Yes, I did. It's where you can make planets and smash them up smash and them destroy together. them. Yeah. You see this, you know, the <laughs> yeah. solar system and all yeah. stuff. And that had a VR version. So I was like, oh, man, I got to try this one. Um, went in there and let me tell you, it's very cool because one thing is you can still use your game controller. Okay. So instead of the two little handheld controllers. Yep. Well, some use, some use that. Um, okay. Like I went and purchased the Alex from Half-Life. Oh yeah. Half-Life Alex. And yeah. that one uses the actual Oculus controllers, but uh, Universe Sandbox has a controllers for, you know, the game, my Xbox controller. And I just use that instead as I'm used to it. It's so cool. I mean, you turn your head, you can see everything around you, you know, it's, you're not rotating the screen anymore to look at things. You're rotating yourself, and it's pretty damn cool. And when I played Alex, it was almost too intense. You know what I mean? Like, because you're sitting there, you're like you're looking around a corner, you're looking around a corner, especially because Half-Life, you know, I mean, you guys both played it. You hear the guards walking around, you hear their conversations mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I'm like, this is kind of stressing me out a little bit. You know, I'm going to have to like play this a little like in small doses or something. They have a Google Earth VR that's free. Ah. Oh, that'd be neat. Yeah. I played that, looked at my house creepy <laughs> were you home were you inside there <laughs> yeah i went to uh where i grew up in new york and then i was able to go to google street view see street view but you could turn your head and see 360 around you right it's just cool and i'm still getting a lot of enjoyment and fun out of this thing i know for sure that if they were to ever release a vr version of a specific game, I would probably be willing to spend any amount of money to be able to play it the way you're talking about. Specific game. Bioshock. Oh, oh, Hmm. yeah. If Bioshock was a VR game, if I could walk around Walk around in rapture. In that environment. Look around, move, turn your head. Yeah. yeah. Just enjoy the city. Kill me every five seconds. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to walk around and see the water and hear the creaks and moans and see the algae in the fish. Holy hell. Actually, that's a great idea. I wonder what other games would be just to experience the, the atmosphere of it in 3D. Mm. I mean, like Deus Ex. That's what I'm thinking of. That would be cool. Deus Ex, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. that city, yeah. the design of the city is so cool. But yeah. So far, I'm just still having a blast with it. Of course, the number one game I play on is like that 3D puzzle, Jigsaw Puzzle one, but because <laughs> <laughs> it's very relaxing. We had said you were in the honeymoon phase and we'd have to yeah. check up and see if you were still finding things to enjoy and do with it. And so here we're another what, two, four, two, three weeks later yeah. and you still are so far. That's good. Well, it looks like now he finally found the way to really use it. <laughs> yeah, right. That's that's true. True. Like, yeah. To do it right. <laughs> yeah, now they know how to do it right. And they have a bunch of games, of course. I, I bought one that's the, uh, it's called Double Tap from Zombieland. Zombie thing, right? Yeah. And it's done, it's very comical, but you're shooting zombies, which is fun. Funny. I think I'll still get a lot of mileage out of it. Here we are now. I'm almost almost a month past your yeah. initial investment and you don't regret it yet. It's not so, so. far. So oh, damn it. Hey, that's away. another data point that makes me want to buy one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Give another Especially couple Especially because I, real, I finally realized I have the Oculus Go, which is the cheap version for right. Oculus. Yep. I don't have the Quest, which is, I guess, their, that must be their flagship, I'm guessing, or something. I don't now, know. That's like the number one seller right now. Yeah. 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 So... Damn it. Yeah, he's not helping us at all, is he, George? Damn I can't it. afford NASs and <laughs> Oculus Goes and trips to Disney. I'm I'm broke. I got to go get another job to support this. <laughs> Wait till Christmas is coming. That's when all the sales hit. You know, I'm sure yeah, all have... the money comes out of my account, no matter who's buying the gift for me. <laughs> George, you and I need to just ask Mo to get us Oculuses. I think that's really... <laughs> I, you know, I... I'm okay with that. Well, we should get Oculus to sponsor our show. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're a diehard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. Of course, new Kraft Buttermilk Creamy Dressing starts with fresh buttermilk, but it's unlike any other for three big reasons. One, a heaping teaspoon of 
fresh sour cream to make it creamy. Two, more sour cream. And three, still more sour cream stirred into fresh buttermilk. Because Kraft had to see how far creamy could go. New Kraft Buttermilk Creamy Dressings, also with chives or green pepper. For a new twist on taste, turn to Kraft. We have come to that part of our show where it's almost time to say goodbye. But before we leave, we always like to take just a few moments here to talk about the things we're looking at or looking forward to between now and the next time we get together for the next episode of the podcast. And I'll get us rolling. There are a few things. So first, I saw the trailer for the Muppets Haunted Mansion. Oh, <laughs> yes. Coming out on Disney Plus on October 8th. So Absolutely. first, it's the Haunted Mansion, my favorite ride at Disney World. Yeah. Second, it's puppets. So I don't know how you can go wrong. And finally, you put them together on Disney Plus in a special for Halloween? Oh yeah, I'm there. Absolutely. <laughs> no <Yep>. brainer. <laughs> yep, gonna see that. Uh, there's a new season of the movies that made us oh, on cool. Netflix what? already. Did they just come out with they it? just came uh, maybe yeah, two months like ago, it. three months ago, it That's seems. That's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, another, I think another four or five episodes they're dropping on October 12th on Netflix, so more of those. Nice. I think what they're doing is they're spreading the season out. So instead of like 12 or 15, they're doing three or four at a time and calling them seasons. I'm okay with that. I, I like that. Kind of trickles it out. There's more to look forward to. Yeah. I didn't find out what films they're featuring this time around, but they always pick winners. They yeah. did, you know, Back to the Future and Pretty Woman. They're all great films. They're the they're movies that made us. Yes, they are. They are. Yeah. I'm ready for them. The thing I'm most looking forward to is another $60 game that I've already pre-ordered is uh, finally <laughs> October 7th, Far Cry 6. Oh, wow. After many delays is coming out. Uh, Juan Carlo Esposito, the bad guy from Breaking Bad. He's the big bad. That's nice. Yeah, in this game, they always, they always get top tier actors for this stuff. Mm -hmm. And, the world now is kind of like it's an island, but it's tropical, but it's not so third world country. Like they have theme parks and Actual they have, cities and towns and stuff. Yeah, cities and towns and stuff. It's not just kind of huts and things. So there's more variety in the world. And yeah, I've just everything about Far Cry I've always loved. Far Cry yeah. 6, October 7th. I'm ready for that. So that's nice. what I got coming up. Mo, how about you? What are you looking forward so, to? So I got to tell you, I mean, my first thing on my list is, you know, after I heard it was coming out, I also paid full price and pre ordered Far Cry 6. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> of course you did. Sucker. But like you said, John, I mean, I enjoyed every other Far Cry game except for mm -hmm. Primal. Yeah. <laughs> and it was okay. It was It terrible. was okay, yeah. yeah. So Just no guns. <laughs> that was a no-brainer for me. Um, the other one is uh, the sequel, The Halloween Kills. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. It's coming out October 15th. Jamie Lee Curse is in it again. I, I like the last one they did, so mm -hmm. I'm kind of looking I forward to this too. one. Yeah. yeah, I think this is going to be fun. But what I'm looking forward to, and I know it's a little early to be looking forward to this because we generally... Yeah, this is some bullshit. I was no, going to no, put no. it on my list I, next time. I, <laughs> if anybody deserves to pre-do this or, or look forward to something twice, it's me with this film, and that's fucking Dune. I mean, <laughs> Finally. Wait a minute. <sighs> why, do you, why do you get the exclusive Dune nerd rights? I love Dune ever since I was a kid, too. <laughs> what? How many times have you read it? Like five, six, oh, I think? Pshaw. Pshaw. Amateur. <laughs> oh, no Dune fights. Come on now. <laughs> I mean, he, he can have his Dune thing, but, and also I've been looking forward to this movie forever. Yeah, you have been. You've done some videos for yeah. it. If oh, I yeah. Remember, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. Back when it was coming out in 2020, you did I, videos I looking know, forward to it. Remind me of that. That's like a year, literally a year ago. Yeah. And then they, like two weeks before, then they're like, nope, sorry. Yeah, Pull the rug like, out. Sucker. I guess it's already opened in some places in Europe or something. And oh, wow. All I heard was that everyone is just is blown away. So I'm staying away from looking at detailed reviews or everything because I'm just going to see this and just hope for the best. So when is it? It's a little further out then. When's it it's coming October out? It's October 22nd. So it's the day after our next show drops. Oh, they'll get they'll get delayed. It's going to be 2023. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> if that happens, I'm coming to your house and kicking you in the nuts, man. That's okay. <laughs> you jinx me. Fair enough. Well deserved. Yes. <laughs> All right. So that's what I got. So George, what about you? Yeah, I mean, movies are dominating my looking forward to list as well. One of the things, though, it's a movie that I have no idea what it's going to be. Okay. Oh, oh. AMC has this new thing. I think they're trying to generate people coming back into the theaters because they're really having a problem. I don't know if you guys realized it, but back in January, they barely avoided bankruptcy. AMC was. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that they were down. in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they had to get like almost a billion dollars from investors. Uh, so Oof. they've got this new thing that they're doing on Wednesdays and Fridays. And I don't know if it's just for the month of October or if it's going to be continued, but it's called AMC Thrills and Chills Surprise. So okay. Okay. at 7 p.m. on Wednesday or Friday, you go there. It's a $5 ticket if you don't have the A-list. So it's not, okay. not horribly crazy. expensive. Not crazy, yeah. You sit down in the theater and then a movie starts playing and it's some kind of horror movie. 
until you sit down and start watching, you have no idea what it's going to be. That's kind of fun, actually. Yeah. <laughs> could be a new movie. Could be an old movie. Could be a cold hmm. class. You have no idea. All right. So I'm looking forward to that. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm that going sounds to see it without my wife because she's not a horror fan. But I'm also looking forward to uh, doing some eBay sales. So MC really? Murr has been coaching me and helping me to <laughs> find some uh, flea market surprises as he's become the de facto expert on yeah. YouTube. If you guys haven't gone out, he's the man to look, guide you with that he stuff. Knows, that's he for knows sure. his stuff. He knows his stuff. <laughs> I'm also going to be selling not just some video games, but some of just my older stuff that I have laying mm-hmm. around the house that I don't use or don't need or have never unboxed or because I need to pay whatever. for that NAS <laughs> device yeah. that I want to buy. And eventually an Oculus. Yeah. That, well, and damn it, now an Oculus. <laughs> and then I am most looking forward to October 7th. The latest James Bond film is oh, coming out, No Time right. to Die. Yeah, finally. Yep. And this is the supposed to be the Daniel Craig wrap-up film. Yep. He's supposed to be his last James Bond film. I know we've said that the last two of them, but... I got a feeling this is the last <laughs> I one. I think he's serious this time. They're setting yep. it up this way. Yeah. So I'm big, huge James Bond fan. I've seen every yeah, film. Yeah, me too. Not on opening day because... Dr. No was before right. I was yeah. born. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, maybe to the modern era. Yeah. We'd go see yeah. it in like opening mm-hmm. weekend if we could. Yeah. Great, yeah, exactly. So definitely looking forward to no time to die October 7th. Yeah. I remember watching the, seeing the preview for that in 2019. I think mm-hmm. it was. Sure. Yeah. I'm like, Oh my God, it's coming out next year. And then, <laughs> Oh. It's the same trailer. It's got him doing all the stuff and then the one cool motorcycle jump up onto yeah. the top of the up, bridge. Up the the bridge thing. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've seen that so many times. It's like shot for shot. You can just about call that. We've seen that trailer so many times. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome, though. That's yeah, going to be great. Some good picks. All right. That is going to wind it up for episode 108 of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. But don't worry. We'll be back in two weeks <laughs> with another one just like this. And next week is our backtrack where we oh, pick yeah. a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. I know a lot of listeners have asked to talk about this topic for a multitude of reasons. We are going to be digging into the lifetime's legend and legacy of Evil Knievel. I'm so (laughs) looking forward to this one. This could be fun. The Gen X stuntman. Oh, my goodness. I think he was the stuntman. I mean, Uh, king of stuntmen. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. absolutely. Doing research, I've learned so much about him more than I knew Mm -hmm. just as a kid growing up. And some of the stuff you want to know, some of the stuff you wish you didn't know now that you learned it (laughs) later. But at least you learned it as an adult, not as a kid. (laughs) Yeah, quite a character, Evil Knievel. So get your Evil Knievel stunt cycle out, get it wound up. We'll be back next week (laughs) with a backtrack all about Evil Knievel. We hope you will join us for that one. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here, man. Yes, sir. Mo, you know, I appreciate you. Always fun, man. listener it's you though we all appreciate most of all and we will talk to you next time bye bye see you guys take care everybody Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. I never go back and rewatch Law and Order. Once you've seen the season, you know what's going to happen. It's, oh, you, know, you mean the, Survivor. You don't go back and rewatch. I'm sorry. Yeah, let me say that again. <laughs> I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.